Welcome to Silicon Valley Trends, a free podcast series published by Silicon Valley Business School. I'm your host, David Smith. At Silicon Valley Business School, we provide ambitious individuals with affordable, effective and ever-improving routes to success in the high-tech world of business. Today we're talking about choosing the best vehicle for your startup journey. We'll be discussing C-corporations, S-corporations, LLCs, taxes, liability shields, and you'll discover that it's important to identify your target destination before you even start your business journey. Our discussion will focus on forming US companies, but you'll find there are similarities in other countries where technology hubs and venture capital investors have become established over recent years and follow the Silicon Valley business model. There's a lot more information on these topics in our knowledge base and our courses on business organizations, entrepreneurship, raising finance for startups and accounting courses, but you don't need to know anything about business for this podcast. We do have to connect a number of concepts, but I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. Once again, you'll find that business is done a little different in Silicon Valley and the tech sector. When starting a new business, you need to ask yourself a few questions. The first question is whether you're looking to sell the business or shares in the business at some point in future, or whether you're just building a business that you'll hold for some time as a source of income for yourself and your family. The second question is whether you need to raise finance from outside investors to fund the startup process. The answers to these questions will drive your selection of the right form of business organization or corporate vehicle for your startup journey. You'll learn in this podcast that if you need to raise finance from outside investors, the best vehicle is a C corporation. If you're forming a tech startup and you want to raise finance from angels and venture capital investors, you have to form a Delaware C corporation. Different journeys and different target destinations call for different types of vehicles. You could try entering a truck into a Formula One race but your chances of winning a Formula One race driving a truck are about the same as your chances of raising venture capital for an LLC. Right about zero. Let's start with the conventional wisdom in the small business world and the business environment outside Silicon Valley. A small town accountant accustomed to doing tax returns for mom and pop stores will likely advise you that you don't need a company and it's only going to increase your taxes. She might tell you that you can operate as a sole proprietor or operate as a partnership to avoid forming a company altogether. There are some good reasons why this approach has not been adopted in Silicon Valley. For one, you'll not be able to raise finance from investors. For two, it will be virtually impossible to sell this type of business. For three, you have no protection from lawsuits or other forms of liability. 
If the business gets taken down due to a personal injury claim or some other form of expensive claim, you get taken down with it. There's no shield protecting you from losing your house and all your personal assets if the company fails. You and the company are one and the same. The company's losses are your losses. An attorney in the small town will advise you to form a corporation or an LLC to shield you personally from liability resulting from the business. This is good advice, but the accountant will then point out that there are costs associated with running corporations and LLCs and there are tax consequences. Now, before we go any further, let me explain the difference between a C corporation, an S corporation and an LLC. Corporations and LLCs are formed through registration with the state. Once formed and recognized by the state, corporations and LLCs are treated like people in the eyes of the law. They can sue and be sued in their own right. They can own property, sell property, and they can pay their own taxes. Corporations became popular in the Industrial Revolution as they provided vehicles for investors to acquire shares and pool their investments into companies that were able to accumulate the funds necessary to build things like railroads that could never have been achieved by an individual or even a partnership. As you learn in some detail in our Silicon Valley Business School organize, Business Organizations course, corporations have shareholders, a board of directors and officers who run the day-to-day -day operations. The vast majority of companies listed on the stock markets are corporations. In fact, most of them are Delaware corporations, as Delaware business law is the most sophisticated in the world and investors are familiar with Delaware corporate law and they feel comfortable with it. As a corporation is a person in the eyes of the law, it submits tax returns and pays its own taxes. So if you form a corporation and it makes a profit, the corporation pays taxes on the profits. Then it pays you and you pay taxes on your earnings as well. From your perspective as an owner and manager of the corporation, you're submitting two tax returns and paying taxes twice, once for the corporation and once again for your own personal account. Understandably, in order to avoid double taxation, many families and small business owners decided not to form corporations and simply operated as sole proprietors or partnerships. But this restricted their ability to grow and was not good for the economy as a whole. So in 1958, Congress acted on President Eisenhower's recommendation and created subchapter S of the tax code as part of a larger package of tax reforms. By electing to file taxes under subchapter S, which stands for small, families and other small business owners could operate a corporation that didn't pay any taxes on its profits. The revenues and profits earned by the corporation would be seen as simply flowing through the corporation to the owners and would be declared on their own personal tax returns. So double taxation was eliminated 
for what became known as S-corporations. And there are now more than 4.6 million S-corporations in the United States, many of which are small family businesses. To qualify for a subchapter S status, the corporation must meet certain criteria, such as having only one class of stock, having a small number of shareholders, all of whom must be individuals who are US taxpayers. You cannot have a corporation or an LLC as an owner of a S corporation. It has to be an individual, and the individual has to be a US taxpayer. So the number of S corporations or corporations who file for S corporation status with the Internal Revenue Service grew enormously since 1958, as they provided a liability shield for the owners without the burden of double taxation. Corporations who don't elect to file for S-Corp status and continue to pay taxes on their profits became known as C-Corporations. You don't file to elect to become a C-Corporation. Corporations are by default C-Corps unless they qualify and elect to apply for S-Corp status. Then in 1977, a new corporate creature made its first appearance in Wyoming. Known as a limited liability company, or LLC, this offered more flexibilities. LLCs don't require a board of directors like a corporation. They can elect to be taxed like a C corporation, or to eliminate double taxation, they can be taxed like a partnership and have pass-through income like an S corporation. LLCs can be owned by other companies, which was not possible with S-corporations, where all the owners have to be US taxpaying individuals. LLCs grew popular with many types of businesses, especially partnerships, who converted to LLCs in order to create a shield from liability for the owners without the constriction of the rigid structure of a corporation. So, with our history lesson over, you now get to form your new company as a C corporation, an S corporation, or an LLC. You remember I said business is done differently in Silicon Valley? Well, where S corporations and LLCs might be popular elsewhere, trusty old C corporations are the vehicle of choice in Silicon Valley and the tech sector. There are some very good reasons for this. Firstly, tech companies need to raise finance to build their technology and investors will only invest if they can acquire preferred stock. The founders and employees get common stock and investors get preferred stock. If you want to learn more about how this works, listen to my podcast called Preferred Pizza Toppings, where I explain that you can look at common stock as a bare crust pizza and preferred stock is like a pizza with cheese, pepperoni and a whole array of tasty toppings. Anyhow, because S corporations can only have one class of stock, tech companies with investors are not eligible for S corporation status. An investment fund is usually organized as an LLC 
or some other form of entity. So they're not holding stock as individuals, which is required under subchapter S. High growth companies also have too many sure shareholders, some of which may not be US taxpayers. So there are many reasons why tech companies with investors are not eligible for S-corporation status. As they can't operate as S-corporations, you'd think they'd try to avoid double taxation by investing in LLCs. Well, remember I said LLCs were flexible. This is a problem when it comes to investors. Venture capital, angels and other investors will not invest in LLCs because flexibility means unpredictability. The rigid and well-understood structure of a Delaware corporation is what venture capital investors are familiar with and what they trust. The Delaware courts have consistently protected the interests of corporate investors over the years and shareholder rights are clearly defined in Delaware. Venture capital investors are actually risk averse and they will not take the risk of investing in an LLC. So we've eliminated S corporations and LLCs and the only option we have left is a C corporation. The only really viable vehicle for a tech startup is a Delaware C corporation. But what about the question of double taxation? Well, tech startups organized as C corporations do have to pay taxes on their profits. However, they usually don't make any profits for many years while they're developing their technology. Then they channel profits to offshore tax shelters. So they don't declare profits in the United States and there are no taxes to worry about. Shortly after the company turns a profit, it's often acquired or the shares are sold on the stock market following an IPO. And this is where the money is made. You see, the target destination for a Silicon Valley style tech startup is an exit through acquisition or IPO. Tech entrepreneurs and venture capital investors are not looking to get rich from dividends paid on corporate earnings. Amazon has never ever paid a dividend. They're looking to buy shares for pennies and sell them for millions of dollars once the company has started to generate market momentum. Now let me introduce you to a number that might shock you. The number is 1202 and refers to another section of the Inland Revenue Service Tax Code. The reason it might shock you is because this is a provision that reduces taxes to zero for gains made on shares in C corporations. If you buy shares in a C corporation and you hold your investment for five years, you pay no tax whatsoever when you sell the shares. You can make $10 million or more from selling your shares and pay nothing in taxes. Let that sink in for a while. Buy shares in a tech startup organized as a C corporation. Sell them at a huge profit five years later and pay nothing whatsoever to the IRS in taxes. 
If you form an S corporation or an LLC, you'll never raise finance from venture capital investors and you'll never qualify for this 100% tax exemption. A C corporation is the only way to go. Small town accountants might miss this 1202 provision as their clients are mom and pop stores who have no prospect of selling their shares and they've not become familiar with section 1202. But this is a huge deal in Silicon Valley and the tech sector. So if you're looking to profit from selling your startup or selling shares in your startup, take advantage of section 1202, form a C corporation, buy shares for a few cents, hold them for five years before selling them off when you sell the company or you IPO. All the gain you make on the shares can be tax free. That's something you cannot achieve with an LLC, an S corporation, or any other vehicle I've ever come across. This is yet another example as to why it's important to identify the target destination before you set out on your startup journey. And another example of how business works differently in Silicon Valley and the tech sector. We have more information on this topic in our Silicon Valley Business School knowledge base and online courses like the business organizations, finance and accounting, IPO and securities regulation and the entrepreneurship courses. I hope you'll join us for future podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe so you get new episodes as and when they're released. And please rate us in your podcast player as this will help us get the word out to entrepreneurs and the other people we're trying to help with this podcast series. That's it for today. Hope you tune in to the next Silicon Valley Trends, the podcast for innovators and entrepreneurs.